Over the next several weeks, we are going to uh, be talking about the subject. Our new series is called Giving. Uh, or give, and I know that typically, this is probably whenever I have the opportunity to preach, it's probably one of the most popular sermon series that I do. Anytime you talk about giving, people get real excited about it, I'm being facetious here. Um, and I know that sometimes people, they look and say, well, you know, it seems like every time I come to church, the pastor's always talking about giving. Now, I would just like to say this. I want you to know that I talk about this subject usually two or three times a year, which means that if you say that, you've missed 49 Sundays. And so I'm just saying that to make myself feel better and make you feel bad. Um, but we'll do something a little bit different. This week what I'd like to do is I'm going to ask our ushers. They're going to come, and we're actually going to give y'all something. And so they're going to pass around these uh, baskets. And you'll notice inside the baskets that there are dimes. And so we would like every one of you just to, to grab one. And the idea here is uh, just simply to, to, to give you a visual, to give you a reminder. Uh, today we are talking about tithing. And uh, so y'all lock the doors. Nobody can get out of here uh, during this time. But this is just something that we want you to keep and just sort of remind you about today's lesson. And so uh, while they're passing around those dimes, I want to share with y'all a story. There was a, a homeless guy that was, uh, he lived in this little village in England. And he, you know, he needed a place to stay. The weather was getting bad. He needed something to eat. There was not much food. And so what he did is he went to this inn that was there that was called the St. George and the Dragon. And so he walks up and he, he knocks on the door. And a lady opens up the door and she says, what do you want? He says, well, I need a place to stay, and I'd like something to eat. I mean, it's cold out here. And she looked at him, and she just said, See, what do you think this is? I mean, you think this is a place where we hand out free stuff? She said, why don't you go get a job? And she slammed the door in his face. And so the guy's a little bit taken aback. He's like, well, I, I guess I need to leave. And so he turns around. As he turns around, he sees the sign again. It says, uh, the St. George and the Dragon. And he has an idea. And he turns back around, he goes up to the door, and he knocks on it again. Same lady opens up the door, said, what do you want? He said, well, I was wanting to know if maybe this time if I could speak to St. George. Now, I think sometimes whenever, maybe that will kind of creep in and let you know she was the dragon. Anyways, I think sometimes whenever we talk about giving, there are many of us, y'all are slower than 845 this morning. That is not good for y'all. You know, nothing worse than somebody up here telling a story and then you just die up here. All right, but I'm used to it. So anyway, I think sometimes whenever we talk about money, we, we, we typically feel like that we're responding more like the dragon instead of, you know, instead of St. George. And, you know, there's, there's lists that come out every year, talk about the wealthiest, you know, the wealthiest Americans. You've seen those lists. And, you know, typically on those lists we have people like, you know, like Bill Gates is always on that list and people like Kirk Thurston. And so you see those names up there. And whenever you see those names, one of the things that we like to do is we like to talk about, well, this is what they ought to do with the wealth that they have. And we really, we don't have a problem talking about money as long as it's Bill Gates' money or as long as it's somebody else's money. But then whenever you begin to talk about, well, what's our responsibility with our money? Then I start hearing, then people begin to say, should we even be talking about stuff like this in the church? I mean, it's not really all that appropriate. But here's what's interesting to me. Whenever you look into the Bible, and you start breaking down stats in the Bible. Did you know a sixth of the Bible deals with stewardship? Uh, whenever it comes to Jesus' parables, a third of everything Jesus said in his parables dealt with stewardship. 
And so it's a very pertinent subject, and it's my hope today that as we look into the Bible, that we are going to see that one thing that God does is God commands and God directs His people, and I would like to reiterate this, this is, this is for His people, he, he tells His people that they've been called to give, they've been called to be generous. And so that's today why we're looking in Malachi chapter 3, and we're going to look in verse number 7. And so y'all take those dimes, you can buy a lot with those, and so you can slip those into your pockets as a reminder of today's message. Now if you have your Bible and you're like, hey, where's Malachi? It is the last book in the Old Testament. It's, if you know where Matthew is, uh, it's the book right before it. And so we're going to look in Matthew chapter 3, verse number 7, and a little background here is that in the preceding years, the Hebrew people had been in Egyptian cap- or excuse me, in Babylonian captivity for 70 years. Now, we talk about Babylonian captivity, the names like you know, King Nebuchadnezzar. If you're familiar with him, this is the king who took them into captivity. There was you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So it's, it's 70 years of this captivity. And then the people finally get to return back to their homeland. They're released from captivity. They go back into the promised land. And then when they go back, they are committed. They are faithful to God. I mean, they knew that they had gotten in trouble the first time because they had been unfaithful to God. So when they finally, when they finally go back home, they're like, we're going to, we're going to do it by the book this time. And they did real well. You know, it's sort of like, uh, you know, it's like, you know, when you first get married, you first get married and you're all excited about everything and you buy your wife flowers. But then what happens after a period of time? You know, that begins to taper off, right? You know, after like a week, you know, it just sort of slides. And so that's what's happened to the Hebrew people here. Yeah, they were faithful to God, but then after a period of time, they began to slide in the relationship with God. They weren't keeping, keeping the commandments of God, being obedient to Him like they should have been. And this also included in the area of their generosity and in their giving. And what we're going to see today is that God calls His people to give. And it's interesting because when you look in Scripture, He, he gives it as a requirement for His people to give. And so what I want us to see today are some, some reasons why God requires his people to give. And the biblical word we'll use is tithe. So, so why does God call for his people to tithe, to give? Very first, here's the very first reason. It's because God commands it. A very simple thing. God commands that his people tithe. And we're going to explain what all this means here in just a second. But I want you to look at me in verse number 7. And this, this is God speaking to the people. He said, Since the days of your fathers, you have turned from my statutes. He said, You've not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you ask, how, how can we return? Will a man rob God, and yet you were robbing me? And you ask, well, how do we rob you? Here's what God says. He says, by not making the payments of 10% and the contributions, you are suffering under a curse, and yet you, the whole nation, are still robbing God. Bring the full 10% into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. Test me in this way, says the Lord of hosts. See if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing for you without measure. Now, as I start off here, I would like to say this. I I want us to understand that when we talk about the subject of giving, God does not need your money or my money. 
It's not like God is sitting in heaven today saying, man, when they pass on the offering baskets, oh, I hope they have a good offering because if not, then I'm out of business. I mean, that's not, God doesn't need anything. God is the one who's the creator of all things. The Bible lets us know that God is the one who owns all things. But when we look into our text, God calls for his people to give, to tithe. Now, what's that all about? Well, it's, again, it's not a, this is not a subject about money. This is a subject about obedience to God. Now, you might say, well, what exactly is a tithe? Well, y'all might not know this. So does anybody know what a tithe is? What it means? What does it mean? Nobody knows? This is going to be fun. It means 90%. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, tithe, a tithe according to the Bible. That's, the, that's my Bernie Sanders coming out. Uh, a, a, tithe, a tithe according to the Bible means it means 10%. That we are to give 10% of our, of our income to the Lord. Now, I want you to understand this. This is not, a preacher did not come up with this idea. Uh, like I said before, if a preacher did, it'd be higher than what it is. Uh, this is not, this is, I didn't make it this up. This is a command that comes from Scripture. It is from God. Uh, Leviticus 27.30 talks about it. It says, A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. If you go all the way back to the book of Genesis, when God is dealing with Adam and Eve, God told Adam and Eve, He said, You are the stewards of the things of this earth. Now, that's an interesting concept. God did not say they were the owners of it. He said, I have put you here in order to be a steward, in order to take care of the stuff around you, because all the stuff around you, it is mine. It is God's. And so God is just simply letting us know that we are stewards of all that we have. And that, that include, it includes your home, it includes your finances. And this was a very important precedent that God did. He said, you are caretakers, not owners. And he might say, then why does God call me to give a tenth? Well, because whenever we do that, we are showing that we recognize that all things belong to God. It is just simply a reminder to us that we are stewards of what God has provided. Now, as you can imagine, this concept is a concept that many people end up struggling with. And the people in our text, they, they're like me and you. They struggled with this idea as well. Now, since they'd returned home from Israel, and if you read through the prophets, you'll, you'll discover that after they came home, they weren't as prosperous as they once had been. And that they're sitting there going, hey, God, what's going on? I mean, we, we've come back home, we're, you know, we worship you, we serve you, and yet there are people around us who are ungodly, and they're doing better than we are. And so they, they began to, and what they're doing is they're making excuses you know, why, you know, why should we give? I mean, things aren't working out that well for us. And I think sometimes in my own life that, that I do the same thing. I can make excuses. I can make excuses as why I'm not going to be obedient to God. I step back and say, well, you know, God, you, know, you, you call for me to give. You call for me to tithe. I've got bills to pay. And if I tithe, then I won't be able to pay my bills. Or, God, I've got a, I've got a kid in college. I've got to try to get him through school. I can't be obedient to you in this area of my life right now. Now, whenever you're, you feel like you're living on a tight budget, I mean, that be a little bit scary when you come into church and then they start talking about giving. You're like, man, this is, I mean, this is kind of tough for me to, kind of tough for me to stomach or to hear about. Because let me tell you something, God commands it. It doesn't matter what circumstance you're in, 
God says, I am calling you to be obedient to me. And it doesn't matter how you slice it, to not give to God is disobedience. Yeah, there was a pastor that told a story about the concept of tithing. It was really interesting. He had shared a sermon, and after it was over, one of, his, one of the parishioners came up to talk to him, and he said, you know, I agree with what you say. He said, but man, practically, I cannot do this. And he said, well, you know, well share with me what's going on in your mind. He said, well, you know, same stuff we have. He's like, yeah, I've got bills to pay. I'm behind. Um, I've got a kid in college, and I just can't do it. And then the pastor said, let, let me give you a challenge. He said, all right, what is it? He said, if, I, if, you, will, if, you, will, if you will tithe for one month, he goes, in every area where you have a shortfall, would you give if I promise to cover the shortfall that you have? The guy thought about it. He said, yeah, I'd do that. He said, I will, I will tithe, but if I have any shortfall, if you make it up, I'll do it. He said, all right, now here's, here's what I want you to think about. He said, you are willing to trust me in that area, but you're not willing to trust God, who is the creator of all things. Now, guys, God is the owner of all things. And when we don't give, what we are doing is we are saying, God, I don't trust you. Now, we all know, you know, we all know some scriptures. We know some of the promises God gives. God says, if you follow me, God promises us life forever in heaven. You all know about that one? Yay, I like that one. God, I, and I'm, I'm trusting God with that one. Dude, when I'm dead, I'm, like, I'm hanging on to the promise God has given me that I'm going to go to heaven. But what about when I'm here? And God says, you demonstrate your obedience to me and your trust in me through your giving. Isn't it weird how I will trust God for heaven, but I'm not going to trust him for the stuff that I do here? Now, you know, a, a verse I think a lot of us are familiar with and we know and we hang on to is Philippians 4.19 where it says, And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Amen? Oh, yeah, man, I believe that one. But what about when it comes to giving? Oh, I don't know about that. I, I believe that God will supply all of my needs except for that one. You know what Malachi says about that? He says when we don't trust God, he says you are robbing God. Now, that is a serious offense. You know, I know there's, there's, you know, there's some people I can maybe steal from and not feel too bad. About. I, mean, I would feel bad, but I'm just making a point here. But you might not feel too bad about it. But stealing from God, y'all, that's a big deal. Yeah, it'd be like, can you imagine like, um, like what, Ronda, was it Ronda Rousey or Holly Holm? If, what, if I walked up, and I know there's a lot of you, my wife's a huge UFC fan. Um, you know, some of y'all know who they are. If I walked up to one of them and challenged them to a fight, what would you think? Dude, that is not a good idea. Because I would knock them out. No, that would not be a good idea because they would pound me into the ground within two seconds. I know not to mess with people like that. Let me tell you something. God's bigger. And one thing you don't want to be accused of is you do not want to be accused, like Malachi said, of robbing God. The people in our text today, they were robbing God. And you know what happened to them because of that? If you read beforehand, their crops were dying. They were struggling. Things weren't coming together for them. And that there are some of us spiritually, the same thing happens to us, I believe, for the very same reasons. I think there are times when we feel like, you know, spiritually I'm dead. You know, I feel like times when I'm praying, it feels like my prayers aren't getting above the ceiling. You know, what's, what's going on? Very well could be that same thing that's happening in this story is the same thing that's happening in our lives. We are robbing God. Now, when I look at the Bible, God commands his people to give. They might say, well, when God said to follow him, I didn't know it meant everything. It does. 
God says, I want you to be obedient to me in everything. Now, is that easy to do? It's, it's not easy to do. But yeah, it's a blessing. And it's not easy to do. Jesus admits this in Luke 9, 23. Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Okay, now, are there reasons why we are called to give? And there are, and the very first reason is because God commands it. And it's very simple. God commands it. But here's another reason we are called to give or to tithe. And then the next one is that the tithe blesses the recipient. Now, God commands us to give. And we're like, oh, man, I don't want to do this, but I'll do it. But, yeah, there, there's a good side of this. There's blessings that come. One of the blessings is that when we give, it is a blessing to others. Now, let me share with you what the blessings are. Uh, in verse number, let's see, verse number 10, it tells us, it says, Bring the full 10% into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord of hosts. See if I will not, see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing for you without measure. Now, a question that sometimes people ask, or a lot of people ask, is they say, well, what exactly is the, you know, the storehouse? You know, who's supposed to get the tithe? Um, you know, it's not like, you know, I, I write a check or I have cash and I walk over to God and he's got his hand out and say, Lord, thank you, and I hand it to him personally. I mean, we don't, that doesn't happen. And so the Bible says in Malachi 3.10, it says we are to give the tithe to the storehouse. And so the question is, what's well, the storehouse? Well, the storehouse, was, it's a room, it was a room in the temple. And it was where they would store the tithes and offerings to be used to support the ministry within the church and also support the ministry outside of the church or outside of the temple. Okay, now we say, okay, there's no longer a temple. And so you might be feeling good. There's not a temple anymore. Woo! No more tithe. Okay, that's not what it means. So, so what's the storehouse today? Here's a storehouse today. It's the church. So, well, what, what, does that, what does that do? Well, when we give... It supports the ministries within the church and then also outside of the church. Now let me share with you, and it's a blessing. And let me share with you how the tithe is in our church. When you give here, so what happens when we give here? Uh, when you give here, I, I'll name a few of the things that happen. Uh, there, is, there are people who are spiritually blessed through your giving. Uh, through your, part, of the, part of our giving here at the church goes to support 10,000 missionaries around the world, whose job it is to tell other people about Jesus because we believe that Jesus changes people's lives. Uh, something else that happens is there's, there's physical needs that are met. Uh, you say, well, what, what, what else does the, uh, the, in the budget, when I give, how else does it minister to people? Okay, there's, there's a lot. I'll just name, I'll name a couple. Uh, one of them that, that I think of is because I, I was just sitting down here watching, watching them sing. Was, there's Michelle James. Michelle, you can raise your hand up. She loves attention. That's her. So Michelle's, Michelle's in charge of Prosperity Project. And it's a ministry downtown. It's a mentoring ministry downtown at Gonzales Gardens. There are many of you who help with that. Uh, they've been a part of our budget where, we, where we, we, we help support them, and we're not, we're not their biggest supporter, but we are support for them, and they minister to people, men, uh, uh, mentoring programs to inner-city kids in downtown Columbia. Uh, there are, in our, in our community in Blythewood, there's a Christian Assistance Bridge in downtown Blythewood that helps people in benevolence issues, people who, you know, who are struggling financially, people who are struggling with, uh, with clothing, with food. Uh, another ministry that you support is our ministry to Haiti. There is a, a children's home, Alex's House Children's Home, 
that we've been supporting since 2010, right after the earthquake happened, a friend of mine moved to Haiti and started an orphanage for kids who obviously who don't have parents, for, parent, or for kids whose parents can't take care of them. Our, our church, our group guys, God has blessed many of the guys and ladies in our church in, in c- construction. And so we have done, our church, Village Church, has done the lion's share of construction down in Haiti for those children. Now we have a, we have a team that is going there again next month. Okay, so let me tell you something. Whenever we give, I think sometimes we look at giving, it's like we're paying a bill. And we miss out on the big picture of seeing that it's actually a blessing. That it touches people's lives. That it blesses people. And so let me encourage you in this. When you give, look at the big picture. Know that whenever you give, that there are lives, that there are people who are being blessed. Now, there are people all around us without Jesus. And we have ministries. And we are hopefully training people within the church to reach out to people that they might discover the Jesus that somebody told us about. So whenever I look at giving, I see that it's, it's a command from God. It's required from God. God commands it. Secondly, when we tithe, it blesses the recipient. But then this is the last thing I want you to see. When you and I tithe, it also blesses the giver. When you give, you will be blessed. Uh, verses 10 through 12, the last uh, three verses I'll read. Bring the full 10% into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. Test me in this way, says the Lord of hosts, and see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing for you without measure. And I'll rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not ruin the produce of your ground and your vine in your field will not be barren, says the Lord of hosts. Then all the nations will consider you fortunate, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Now, what what was going on here is the people of Israel, they're going through a drought right now. And they're struggling. They can't make ends meet. And the reason why, it comes down to a very very simple reason. Malachi said, here's what's happening. He said, you are struggling because you are not being obedient to God. You are robbing God. But then God told Malachi, he said, but I will bless them again. He said, I'm willing to bless my people when they give. When they are obedient to me, showing that they trust me. Now, I don't know anybody who would say, you know what, I, I really don't care to be blessed by God. I, mean, I think everybody's like, if God blesses, man, put me in on that one. I mean, I want to be blessed by God. I desire, I covet God's blessings in my life. I covet God's blessings in the life of this church. And so the question is, well, how, how do I receive God's blessings? Well, one of the ways that we receive God's blessings is through obedience. And one of the areas where we're called to be obedient to God is in our giving. Notice in verse number 10, he says, bring the tenth. He says, bring the full tenth into the storehouse. He he doesn't call for a tip. God says, bring the full tenth into the storehouse. Now, again, God, God doesn't need our money. God's interested in obedience. And he has a promise for us in the midst of obedience. This is one of the neat things. God says, okay, now if you give, God says... I'll bless. And that's true, that's true in any area. God said, if, if you are, when, when you are obedient to God in any area of your life, you receive blessings from God. You know, where we get into trouble, where I get into trouble in my own life, is when I step outside of obedience to God, what I've done is I've moved outside of the fence, and I forfeit receiving God's blessings because I've moved out of his realm into my own realm. Now, the people... 
the people that the Bible talks about all throughout Scripture, y'all, they are just like we are. The people in our text, they were skeptical. You know, they're skeptical just like we're skeptical. If I give, God bless them. I'm obedient, God blesses. Prove it. That's like the first thing I think. How does that happen? All right, now here's what's interesting. This is what God says. And this is, I, 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 really, I like this a lot. You know what God says? You don't believe me? He says, test me. Not many times in the Bible we're going to see God saying that. God says, you don't believe that I'm true? God says, test me. Why would God say that? Because God is confident that he always tells the truth. God is, when God says, I will bless you, and he says, test me in this, he, he knows he's going to keep his promise. Do you know that when God gives a promise, did you know God always keeps it? Hebrews 6.18 tells us it is impossible for God to lie. We're told in Joshua 21.45, none of the good promises the Lord has made to the house of Israel failed. Everything was fulfilled. Simply put, when God says he will bless, that's exactly what he'll do. People in our text, they were skeptical. They didn't believe it, so they, didn't, they weren't obedient. What happened? They took everything into their own hands. They tried, to, they tried to make everything work for themselves, and they are in a drought. Nothing's working out for them, and they're like, what is going on here? What's going on is they weren't being obedient. And the same things happen to us. Guys, let me tell you something. You and I will never be greatly blessed by God until we allow God to reign in our lives. Yeah, and this, it's, it's true for me. I'm not, y'all, I'm not just preaching to y'all. This is for me. I can play Christian pretty well. But I struggle living it. But if I want to see God's power and God's grace, I want to see God be real in my life. You want to see God be real in your life? You trust him. You trust him. You test him. God, that you said you'd do this, I want to see it. God says, test me in this. What does God say that he'll do if we test him? Well, if you look in the scripture, he says he will open up the windows of heaven and pour out his blessings upon us. You know, when Jesus said in Acts 20, 35, it is more blessed to give than to receive, did you know that Jesus knew what he was talking about? If you've ever given, you know that, Right? Isn't it an incredible blessing to give? Now, I'm like everybody. I like to receive. But it is, it is better to give than it is to receive. You know, there's an old story, Aesop's fable. You might be familiar with it. It's a crow. It's flying around. He's thirsty. And he happens to see a jug of water. And he flies down to get a drink out of that jug. And he sticks his beak in there. And he can't reach the water. I'm that bird. That happens to me all the time. Oh, it looks so good. I can't quite reach it. Well, he doesn't quit. What he does is he looks around, and he finds pebbles that are on the ground, he picks them up by his beak, and he drops them in that water, in that jug. And at first, it doesn't look like he's doing a whole lot, but after a period of time, that water level begins to rise. And the more that he gives, the more that it rises, and he finally is able to stick his beak in there and drink and be satisfied. I read that story, and I thought, man, that is exactly how God works with us. When we give what we have, God blesses. When we give what we have, God satisfies and he quenches our thirst. 
our part is simply to trust that what God says is true. Now, today when I look into our scripture, you know, there's a lot of things. There's some, this Bible speaks of heaven, speaks about marriage, speaks about our children. Let me tell you something, guys. It's, it speaks about your finances, too. It does. And whenever I look into scripture, I see God speaking. This is for Christians, for those of us who are followers of Jesus. He is speaking to you and me today. And he says, I've given you a requirement. You, you, are, required, you, are, you are commanded to give. And if you give, he says, it will bless the recipient. And if you give, it will bless you. And you will learn that you can trust God with everything that you have when you put him to the test, trusting that his word is true. Now, we look for, we look for fulfillment and answers in so many things. Guys, there's only one place where you're going to find it. It's Jesus. Jesus said in John 10, 10, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I promise you this. God desires and wants to bless you. He wants to bless you. He wants to bless me. The question is this. Am I going to let him? Am I going to trust him and let him? And so what I'd like for us to do as we close the service out right here is just simply to use this time to use this time to talk to God and maybe tell him you say, yeah, God, I'm, I'm ready to trust you. Lord, I see all these promises that you give. I'm going to put them to the test. It can be some of you, it's, it's time that you're, you're, you're ready now to say, you know, I'm going to make a commitment that I'm going to trust God with what I have. I'm going to trust God in my giving. For others of you, it's, it's time for you to trust God with your life. Give it to him first and then follow his commands. What will happen if you do that? I promise you, you're not going to leave here going, man, that was a big mistake. You'll leave saying that is the greatest thing that's ever happened in my life. Because Jesus is real and he is the only hope that we have in this world today. I, I guarantee you that. He is it.